Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. Lord, we bless you. Jesus, your name is sweet like honey to our lips. We love you. We honor you. And God, on this Sunday morning in February in Houston, Texas, we want you. We came to this building to meet with you. Holy Ghost, this is your service. Do anything that you want to do. Lord, wreck our belief in normal. God, we want to see the greatness of your power with our eyes. We want to hear it with our ears. This meeting belongs to you. Lord, you are welcome here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Wonderful Holy Ghost. Wonderful Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm. 30 years ago, Jesus found me, baptized me in the Holy Ghost and fire, and I've never been the same. And everywhere I go, the presence of God comes and touches people's lives. And I've, been telling, I've just came off a 40-day fast. And I'll tell you some things that God told me. But I'm telling you, God has something for you this morning. But there's something I've learned about God in 30 years of ministry. He waits to be wanted. I've been meeting with thousands of people. Why is it somebody jumps up out of a wheelchair? Somebody has blind eyes pop open and other people are sitting there like this. God looks at the heart and he's looking for hungry people. The eyes of the Lord, they search to and fro across the whole earth. And he's looking to show himself strong on somebody's behalf. I'm going to get everything God has for me. See, I'm serving the word of the Lord, but I'm receiving at the same time. I dare say I'm the hungriest person in Cyprus, Texas. I mean it. Hallelujah. Hey, I don't know everybody here. My name's Russell. Doesn't really matter anything else. Let's just dive into the presence of God together. You can be seated. Hallelujah. All right, some ground rules. I don't have any idea what's going to happen. I just came to be used by God to bless your life and to bring you the word of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Eight days ago, I was sitting in a hospital. I came off a 40-day fast, feeling great, woke up in the middle of the night, passed out, hit my head, cut it, ended up in the hospital. They are coming in with all kinds of reports of organ failure, heart trouble. They're going to keep me there up in the cardiac lab for days. But I got a praying wife of 25 years. And she left me in the hospital. Honey, it's okay. She left me in the hospital to go home and get a change of clothes. And the Lord told her, dance before me and praise me like Miriam. Praise me for the miracle ahead of time. They walked in. Now, I've only been there 17 hours. Riddled in pain. Probably the worst 17 hours of my life. They come in at whatever time it was, and they drew my blood. And I felt something shift as they injected this little hand over here. And I felt the whole atmosphere of the room shift. And from that moment, everything changed. Everything. They came in four hours later said, your labs are perfect. From organ failure, heart damage, to perfect. Go home. Go home. 
Praise the Lord. You know what we call that? We call that normal Christianity. And I know that offends the religious. I know that when you walk through battles, it should take weeks and months and years. But the God that I serve, He answers by fire. If my wife hadn't danced before the Lord in praise for the victory ahead of time, I don't even know if I'd be standing here. But I know this arrogant doctor stood in front of me and said, I'm going to make you ride as rain. And I said, no, you're not. I said, I'm a man of God. And Jesus is going to touch my body. And he did. And I love doctors. My family is full of medical professionals. They don't understand me as much, and I don't understand them as much. They do what they do. They're gifted by God to help people. Praise the Lord. But I like to get involved in the things that doctors can't do. When the doctor says you have to die and you can't live. Jesus said, I took stripes on my body that you were already made well. And every now and then I've got to draw on that for myself. And I just did eight days ago. And I call that the 24-hour turnaround. You couldn't believe the way that I felt. You couldn't believe all these doctors coming in and all their prognosis. And they're just saying what their lab results tell them. They're just telling them what their training tells them. But I've got a higher authority that by His stripes I was already healed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A few years ago, I've only had two massive encounters with death, but I had one a few years ago, and I left. I mean, I left planet Earth. I crossed over, and I came back. And I pulled that doctor down to me as I came back in my body, and I said, get me a chair so that I can pray, and I'm coming out of this hospital. And he's like, sir, we don't have chairs. But I was taught away like heaven and I saw myself sitting in a chair drawing down on the presence of God in ICU when I woke up they had brought me a recliner I don't know how in the world I don't know how in the world it was there I was in a ward with all these other COVID people dying and there was a recliner next to and the doctor said you told me you were a man of God and if I get you a chair you were walking out of here I want you to walk out of here and they got me a chair I got caught away with God for three days in heaven and then I was back in my body right as rain by the Holy Ghost. Isn't that good? Lift your hands, Grace and Truth Church. Anything in your body that there's no medical answer for, any lingering curse that's held on for months and years that there's no resolution for, I curse it by the root now in Jesus' name. And that same healing power that coursed through my body Eight days ago, I release it into your body now. Now. Now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, isn't that good? Oh, hallelujah. Well, it is a joy to be here. Man, I love this church. See, I don't mind small meetings. I don't mind big meetings. I just want to be where the Holy Ghost is and hungry people. Bored Christians are the one thing I cannot tolerate on planet Earth. There's always more, folks. Jesus is inexhaustible. His greatness is unsearchable. Every time we think we've seen it all, there's a whole new level in Him that makes everything new. I feel like I'm just getting started 30 years in. Hallelujah. Mm. It was in a meeting not much bigger than this on a Tuesday morning in Searcy, Arkansas when the Lord Jesus walked through the front door 
of the building. God comes where he's wanted. Hallelujah. And listen, we will throw down the word of God. We will flow in the gifts. We'll do all the stuff. Hallelujah. I love it all. But when you leave and you walk out that exit door, it is the heart of God that you leave different. So you put a demand on the anointing. What did you come to receive from God? If you didn't come for anything, great likelihood that's what you'll walk out with. I've got some things I'm believing God for from my life, from my family, in this meeting. It's one thing about America versus Africa in the Middle East. Christians in America don't know how very well to put a demand on anything. It's if God wants it, it'll happen. But you go to Africa and man, things happen just like pop, just they pop like popcorn because there's such a desperation for the reality of God in their daily life. I refuse to be a Christian, much less a minister, that will talk about God like he's not in the room. I'm not going to talk to you about all of his attributes. That's not what I'm going to do and describe a God to you that you have to wait till you get to heaven to experience. Jesus said in John 17, 3, this is eternal life. Amen. That I can know you intimately, Father. I'm not waiting till I get to heaven to know God. I'm not waiting till I get to heaven to be like God. The Bible says when we see him, we will be made like him. That is true. Some people, they will spend their whole lives living down here on a lower plane, then get to heaven and be shocked. I made a decision at 19 years of age. When I get to heaven, I'm going to simply transition. My life won't change that much. I won't get as tired. I'll never have to watch my weight ever again. But I'm going to live in the presence of God for all eternity. But I'm not waiting till I get to heaven. I'm going to walk with God now. I, when I was so young in the Lord, I would read about Moses that walked with God like a man walks with a friend. I would read about Enoch who walked so closely with God, he just transitioned. That's what I wanted. And by God's grace, every year he draws me closer and closer and closer. And you can have that grace and truth, church. If that's not been your reality in God... Going from level to level to level and glory to glory to glory. You can have it. You can have it. This is the God's honest truth. 30 years of ministry summed up in one sentence. I tell my wife this all the time. You can have anything in God that his word prescribes if it will become the number one desire of your soul. You can have anything in God that you want. When it becomes the foremost supreme desire of your soul. My wife is super pretty and fancy and all these things. And I am decidedly not. <laughs> and she has a pretty bathroom and all this stuff with jewelry and all this stuff. But I have a quote pasted on the mirror with starch tape for years. That says that the supreme desire of the human soul will always be satisfied. And I've made my choice. It's you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Well, I got to preach something today. I was in a 12-hour prayer meeting the day out of the hospital, right? 24 hours out of the hospital. You think you would like need to rest or whatever? Like, nope. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go pray for 12 hours. And I was pressing in with my local church there with Rodney Howard Brown. And 
I was praying. I mean, I've known these meetings were coming up on my calendar. And I was praying. And I, I, I was here last year. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you were coming out of the hospital. I was here last year, and I did the prophetic service for 2023. And um, I was thinking about that. And I'm like, Lord, usually you drop a word in my spirit about October for the new year. And then I'll spend the first quarter of the new year just releasing the word of the Lord and encouraging the body of Christ and all these things. And it's worked like that for years. And I pastored for 20 years in Dallas, Fort Worth. And I was like the number two. I was the prophet of the house and I served under my spiritual father. And every year we would have a New Year's prophetic service. And we would never compare notes. Ever. And he would stand up with a microphone and he would say the word of the Lord is. And he would either say it or he would hand me the microphone. He had so much confidence in me and we flowed together so well. I would always have the word of the Lord, the same phrase, the same everything that he would have. And so I've, I've lived that way for so long. And this year I didn't have that. And this was the first year in a long time I wasn't booked on January 1st to preach somewhere for the new year. And I was telling my wife, Belinda, maybe that's why I'm not preaching in, in the first week of January this year. But I just, I don't have anything strong in my spirit like a phrase. And it kind of seems like I'm, kind of seems like I'm naked. I mean, I'm so used to, by October of every year, I've got a course and a direction for how I'll be ministering and flowing for the next year. This year, nothing, nothing. Go to the 12-hour prayer meeting right out of the hospital. I'm like, hey, we're going to be pressing in for 12 hours, praying in the Holy Ghost. I know I'm going to catch a word for Texas. Nothing, nothing. I mean, zip. And I'm like, am I saved? I know I'm still saved. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Well, this morning we did up at the hotel and we get about five and we go down and we're major big time coffee snobs. And uh, we go down about 6.30 to struggle through hotel coffee. And uh, I'm like, babe, I still don't have anything for grace and truth. Now, I've been at this thing a day or two. I got no problem just getting up and letting it rip. The greatest meetings of my life were things that I had not one single thing when I took the pulpit. No problem. I don't mind at all. Everything in God is about faith. And faith is about risk and stepping out onto the water. I got no problem. It took about 30 years, but I'm kind of comfortable doing that. But it would be nice, Jesus, for these people that are going to be coming to Grace and Truth, and we're recording and releasing this all over the world. What is the word of the Lord for 2024? And I didn't have anything for Grace and Truth. Did not have anything, but I got it now. I'm going to give it to you in a minute. <laughs> Promise. I got, I'm going somewhere. But at that, at that 12 hours of prayer, I was asking the Lord... Father, you have not given me a phrase. And usually it's something that rhymes. And I mean, I, I hate Christ, cheesy Christian things, but you know, the open door in 2024 and victory in 2023. And I've done it all, believe me. And it's the Lord. I'm not. God knows we need little ditties and all that stuff. But I got nothing. I got nothing. And the Lord begins to really, really minister to me about this is the year where it's going to be personal. This is the year where this will be the fulfillment of personal promises to you, son. And I wrote it down. And my pastor, we moved 10 years ago to Tampa. Our pastor, we're under his ministry, Rodney Howard Brown. He gets up and he says, I, the word of the Lord 
for 2024. This is the year of the fulfillment of the personal promises to God for you for 2024. So I was like, all right, I got it. That's my word. I can minister that. Praise the Lord. But Lord, I know you have a word for Grace and Truth Church. What is it? So we did, we did coffee, and it's terrible Marriott coffee. I mean, listen, we literally travel with like our own beans and coffee press. I mean, we're we true coffee snobs. <clears throat> but I'm also lazy, and I don't like to. It was very cold. I'm from Tampa. I was raised in Houston, right? I lived in Dallas for 20 years, but this is cold, cold for Tampa. And it was too cold to go out to the vehicle and get the French press. So anyway... I come upstairs, we drink coffee, I come upstairs, and I said, babe, I'm just going to lay down. I like to just get quiet and just let God speak to my spirit before I preach, always. And I was caught up into a vision. Now, either you believe me or you don't, don't give a rip. But I'm praying about, Lord, what's the word for grace and truth church for 2024? And I'm caught up into a vision. And I see a very large moving truck and the lord said it's moving day for grace and truth church it's moving day for grace and truth church and i said lord what does that mean and i know i prophesied about y'all's new building i was caught up in your building this last week i've seen the building i know the color i know everything about it and i got some things to talk to pastor will about while i'm here in texas but the Lord said, for Grace and Truth Church, it's moving day. This will define all of your 2024. It is time to move up higher into the Spirit. It is time to move up higher into the things of God. In the 70s, they had that sitcoms, the Jeffersons moving on up to a deluxe apartment on the east side. I saw people at Grace and Truth Church changing levels in the Spirit this year. Every true word from God carries an anointing with it to bring it to pass almost effortlessly. Your 2024 Grace and Truth Church is going to look different. It's moving day all year long. Hallelujah. You say, what do I do with that? I'll help you with it. Praise the Lord. I'll help you with it. The Lord said to stand in this pulpit and declare this word. Hallelujah. Grace and Truth Church is a signs and wonders church full of signs and wonders people in the midst of a signs and wonders generation. You say, I need a scripture for that. Isaiah 8.18. I and the children that God has given me, we are signs and wonders in the earth. I'm going to say it again. Grace and Truth Church, by the word of the Lord, you are a signs and wonders church full of signs and wonders people in the midst of a signs and wonders generation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is such confirmation to your spirit, Will Brocker. This is such confirmation to the things that God has told you. I'll come back to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, Vanna, before you have to leave, give me like a five-minute warning, and I'm going to step over into a different flow. Praise the Lord. 
King Zedekiah, he came to the prophet Jeremiah and he said, Is there any word of the Lord? Is there anything that God has to say? Oh, friends, I love Jeremiah's answer. There is. There is. Is there any word of the Lord that we can anchor our soul into? This is the most sure word of prophecy. Don't be a flaky charismatic that elevates personal prophecy and corporate prophecy over God's word. Nothing has more authority than God's logos word. But God is still speaking by his spirit. And it really, really upsets the denominational folks. But God is still establishing apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Well, how do you know? Because I are one. I am one. God came to me when I was 19 years old. He said, I've ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. And I'm going to confirm it to you. And I went to a meeting in Arkansas. And a prophet got a hold of me and ministered to me for one hour and 30 minutes. On tape. We had tapes back in those days. And told me everything about my life. I'm a twin. I have a twin brother named Rick. Told me that I was a twin. Told me everything about my life. Described my parents, all of their great points, all of their troubling points. And described the next 75 years of my life. I don't recommend it for anyone. Because it really messed me up for a long time. Especially trying to find my wife. He described Belinda in perfect detail. But I was traveling full time in the ministry. And every good looking girl who was skinny in the waist with beautiful hair. Because I was like chubby and I wanted a skinny skinny wife. God knew the desire of my heart and he told me that. And every pretty girl I would go, is that her? Is that her? Is that her? And anyway, it messed me up. But Psalm 32 says that all of my days are written ahead of time in your book. All the days of your life are already written by God. That's why I'm not allowed to have any pressure. Not financial pressure, not ministry pressure, not family pressure. The Lord is with me. He is in me. He is upon me. He is for me. He will help me with everything. But all my days are already written down in advance. And I'm just walking them out with the Holy Ghost. And the only time I get in trouble is when I let fear keep me from taking the next step forward. I've been at at this thing a day or two. I stand in... I've got words for probably most of the people in the crowd. I don't know if we'll flow that way, but we'll see. When I stand in front of people, I see so clearly, so clearly. And you can watch people, especially churches I'm in relationship with where I've been there for years. You can watch people get to a certain level and go no further. And they're going to die and leave planet Earth, never stepping into the riches of what God has for them. So fulfilling, so meaningful, so satisfying. But they'll never step into it because they let fear get in. Somebody they love gave them a word of wisdom and made them pull back. Don't be like that. Take everything to the Lord. Look, I love my wife. I'm married to this lady for 25 years. She's the godliest person I've ever known. And I'm not just saying that because she's here. Y'all probably heard me say that when she's not here. She's the most Christ-like person I've ever known. But there's nothing that she can say that will sway me off of what God has already spoken to my heart. I had that amazing experience where God lined out my life for the next 75 years, over an hour and a half. None of those things 
None of those things are even as meaningful to me as what God spoke into me in here. In fact, I'll tell you that even though God has said some things, that if I told you, you would go, Russell, that seems very hard to believe. You know, Russell, you're, you're going to be 50 this year. Uh, when's it going to get started, bud? <laughs> but all the things God's ever told me, nothing has ever been as big as what's already on the inside of me. And that's how it is for you, too. The things you know that you know that you know that are from the Spirit of God, those are the deepest, richest prophetic words. So you might come to a meeting like this, and I might touch on some of those things. Stepping into my office as a prophet, and that is awesome. But that's not God's best. God's best is that you would wake up every day and say, Holy Ghost, I'll go where you, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. And I'll be what you want me to be. And I will walk out this amazing destiny that you gave for me. It wasn't just the prophet Jeremiah where God says, Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you and I gave you a purpose. That's every child of God on planet earth. Don't be a Christian that lives down here. So focused on money. Where you're going to live, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Jesus had the audacity to say... Don't give any of that a second thought. Oh, there's a higher way to live, Grace and Truth Church. Free in the Holy Ghost, where His Word is the final authority. God, if you said I never have to worry one minute, I never have to worry one minute. If you said I could have peace in my home, and my marriage could be like heaven on earth, then I could have peace in my home, and my marriage can be like heaven on earth. I got one. Praise the Lord. There's a lot being said in the body of Christ right now, and it's, it's God. I affirm the spirit, the spirit of the Lord is speaking mightily through His men and His women all over the earth. And there are very valid words being given to the body of Christ. And here's what's cool. You can grab a hold of any of those and they'll work for you. There, there's, a, there's a prophet named Bobby Connor who I, I love. He played a major role in my life. And he lives in Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Listen to this story. He lives in Moravian Falls, North Carolina, but he has a home in Texas. He was a Southern Baptist pastor. He pastored First Baptist Church of Bullard, Texas. And he had an encounter with God that flipped his whole world upside down. And he um, was at his home in Texas, and he had a very valuable um, safe box. Like you put valuables in, like jewelry and stuff. And it was inside another safe that was a gun safe. And the mechanism stopped working. And he, again, he lives in North Carolina. He's not in Texas at his second home very often. But every time he's there, it's like, I really need to get into that gun safe and get that little jewelry box safe out. But the mechanism's broken. They've called the, lock, the safe company. They've had them out to be a major production to pull that thing out and drill it all out. Never wanted to go through all that. In late December, he was praying about the word of the Lord. And God said, Bobby. I don't know if you all know who Bobby Connors is. Bobby. You want to know the word of the Lord for 2024? 2024 is the year of the open door. He's like, great. No, I mean, he's like, great. Praise the Lord. Okay, the year of the open door. He says, now go open that safe. 
Now that safe has been shut for two years and cannot be opened, even by the safe technicians. They've got to bring out major equipment to destroy the mechanism to open it. He walks up to the safe, puts his hand out, and bang, it pops open. It's the year of the open door. But it gets better. It gets better. Inside the safe is a lockbox. Over two years ago, his wife had bought him a Rolex, and it was set to the, the day and the time, and it was set in the lockbox, and it was shut, right? So he gets open the jewelry box. He opens it, and that watch is still there, perfectly on the date and perfectly on the time of today. Now, if you don't know luxury watches, automatics, like the one I'm wearing here, they stay wound by the vibration of your hand, but their reserve power will die in about three days. So in three days, two years ago, that watch should have been completely nuts. But God supernaturally either kept it ticking or started it again with the Holy Ghost jolt as confirmation, hey, Bobby, this is the year of the open door. So if you're believing God for open doors, you can have it. There's an anointing by the word of the Lord for open doors. I'm grabbing a hold of that word for me and for my ministry. New open doors in 2024. Amen. Praise the Lord. But that's still not your word, grace and truth. Your word is moving on up. Hallelujah. It's moving day. There's a word going around the body of Christ that this is the year that the righteous will possess the land. And it's happening. And we have, we have friends in ministry. Their ministries, the, their, their partners and friends connected to them, they're getting houses and ministry buildings and churches. And I'm talking about tens of millions of dollars facilities just given to them. I mean, it's the most supernatural thing I've ever seen. And there's this precious lady in our church. She's like 31 or 32 years old in Tampa. And she's a single mom. And she was raised in absolute hell. She was trafficked as a kid as an income source for her parents. But she was living under a bridge, and one of our Bible college students went up and ministered to her. And she got saved, and she got delivered, and she got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and she came to Bible school, and now she's on staff with Rodney Howard Brown's ministry. And she grabbed a hold of this word about the righteous shall possess the land. And she works in housekeeping for a very large ministry. Lots of bathrooms, lots of offices, lots of trash cans and vacuum, you know, vacuuming to be done. But she's just cleaning. That's what she does. And she does it as under the Lord. Her face is shining. But she lives in an apartment with three kids, single mom. She's like, God, the desire of my, my, desire of my heart is to have a house. Lord, there's a word that the righteous shall possess the land. And I can't possess the land if I'm living in an apartment where they jack up my rent every six months. Send my budget into a crisis because they keep jacking up my rent every time the rent comes up for renewal. Anybody living in an apartment know what I'm talking about? She drives a hold of this word. God as my witness. Her phone rings. An attorney's on the other end. Somebody has made an anonymous gift to her for $600,000. She went and bought a, a house, a beautiful house, cash, furniture that she didn't have, vehicles. God set her up and she's possessing the land by the word of the Lord. It's awesome. It's awesome. There's a 91-year-old pastor in Miami 
still in the ministry, female pastor who I love. If you've got a problem with women preachers, don't get on the other side of me. You and I will have a problem. Love women preachers, anointed by God. God has a way and a structure that we never violate. But don't you ever tell me a woman can't be as anointed as a man. You haven't met my wife. She's 91 years old, female pastor, and she doesn't want to give up. She's still preaching. She's got strong people around her, but she said, I still got stuff on the inside of me. I'm not going to heaven yet, and I want a building for my church. They go and look at all these different buildings in Miami, and of course the prices are just through the roof. Some of the highest real estate in the country is in Miami, and there's nothing available. And every time that her team will come to her and tell her it's just too expensive, it's just as God has a place for us. And they found a building on a piece of land in Miami that had been condemned because it was determined to be environmentally unsafe. There had been runoff all in the soil and it had been condemned. So you could buy it and you could like look at it, but you could never build on it, couldn't do anything with it. The Spirit of the Lord says, that's your home for your church. They buy it cash for next to nothing. They bring out the EPA and put all the soil samples. The Holy Ghost cleansed the entire property. Multi, multi-million dollar property for like less than pennies on the dollar. For a 91-year-old lady pastor. Now, if God will do that for her, what won't he do for you? Come on, somebody. That stuff encourages me so much. I was thinking as I drove up today um, about Pastor Ben in, in Amsterdam. I pulled up in front of your church today, Will, and, you know, there weren't a lot of cars out there, and I know your heart. And I was brought back to a man that's part of our ministry network. He moved to Amsterdam, Holland, because the word of the Lord said, go and plant me a strong Holy Ghost church in Holland. They have doctor-assisted suicide. You can, you can off yourself for any reason you want. They have open child trafficking and child prostitution there. I mean, it is a wicked, wicked place. He moves to Holland, right? And he's doing everything that he knows. And no one comes. It's not a church culture, you know? I mean, it, it, it is the hardest ground he's ever encountered. Nothing is happening. I mean, nothing. Rodney Howard Brown wakes up one morning and the Lord says, call Ben and just encourage him. So he just picks up his phone and just says, hey, Ben, the Lord says he's proud of you. What he didn't know is that he showed up that morning to his church building and not one single person was there. Just him and his wife. Here he, he sold everything. Left an amazing job in the ministry in America. Goes to Holland. We're going to just set the place ablaze. And then nothing is working. Three years, nothing. Shows up Sunday morning, nobody there. But he kept at it. And he kept at it. And he kept at it. And they just closed on their new building. They have the largest church in Holland with 1,500 Holy Ghost people. A Bible school of 300. And they just opened a second church. Amazing. See, God does that kind of stuff, and he doesn't pick and choose. I wish he did. I, it would be so much easier if God sovereignly just picked and choose. But it doesn't work that way. I had the pleasure of pastoring for 20 years, and you know, we had people in our church. We, we had a supernatural 
revival in our church in Fort Worth. For a solid 10 years, um, it was wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. I would get there two or three hours before service. I lived in the basement when I started the ministry. And my job was to open the building. And we had such a move of God there that two and three hours before service, the parking lot would be full of people. And I would go like little men, need to use the bathroom, come in the air conditioning, people driving in from three hours away, five hours away. Sometimes we flew in from Hong Kong. We flew in from Germany. I mean, we had a bona fide move of God in that church. And you would think with people that were around the Holy Ghost and the supernatural that they would just, they would stay in their lane with God. But I'll tell you, Religion is nasty, and bad doctrine the devil will gladly accommodate. Let me say that again. The devil will gladly accommodate bad theology. And we had a lady in our church. I'm going to blow the ability to post this online, babe. We had a lady in our church who had seen so many supernatural things in her life, but she got diagnosed with cancer. And this thing wasn't moving. And we we had so many people healed of cancer Um, in our local church that people would come from all over the country to get healed. I mean, we just, we we went through like about an eight year flow where sickness could not stay in our local church. I mean, it it, it was supernatural. I mean, like a real supernatural move of God as far as healing. And this lady got cancer and it wasn't moving. And it was very obvious. Everyone else would get these reports and then bring back the film and the tumors are gone. They would bring back and everything. I mean, it was, we were so used to that, we kind of took it for granted. And nothing's happening with this lady. So I pulled her aside after church one day, and I said, hey, um, can I just talk to you? I mean, there, there's a lot of pressure. If you're the only person not being healed in a church and everyone else is celebrating their miracle, create a lot of pressure, right? And so I wanted to make sure her heart was doing okay. And I said, we'll never back off. We're contending with you. And she said out of her own mouth, well, though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. Well, that right there tells you everything that you need to know. You can't mix nasty religion, right, and see the promises of God manifest in your life. And I'm telling you, this is the thing for most Christians that holds them back, is that they have these little bitty belief systems that never get addressed. They'll hallelujah, they'll shout, but they'll never get low and humble themselves and say, God, I'm going to take the next five days. I'm going to fast and pray. Show me where the blockage is. In my ministry network, the missionaries and the ministries that I raise up, that's something they always hear from me. Where is the blockage? The problem is never with God. Again, if you believe in this perverted sovereignty where everything that God wants happens and anything doesn't want doesn't happen, you and I cannot be friends. We cannot be friends. We'll never get along. But when God's word is so clear and we're not seeing it manifest, we got to get low. We got to humble ourselves. I've been walking through something right now with a great man of God. I mean, a great man of God who's got cancer in his body and it will not leave. And once it gets handled in one way, it pops up somewhere else. And, you know, it's trying to take him out of planet Earth years before he's supposed to. And I was talking to him about this and he humbled himself. I mean, and he's been ministered on every continent but Antarctica. Worldwide ministry. One of the most powerful anointings, I believe, on planet Earth. And he said, I'm going to take two weeks, and I'm going to go to healing school in Tampa. We have one at my church. And I'm going to pretend that I don't know anything about the power of God. And I want to find out, what am I missing? And he's back. He was taken out. He was out of the ministry. He had all these infections in his body and superbugs. 
He's back traveling, preaching, because he had to get low. Do you hear me? You have these promises from God, church, but if they're not manifesting, instead of saying, well, I'll just keep going after it. I'll just keep going after it. Believe me. Yes, yes. Keep going after it. Never back up. Never surrender. But there comes a time to get away with the Lord, to get low. Isn't that the word, baby? Get low. Humble yourself and say, Lord, what am I missing? Praise the Lord. God will speak to you. Praise the Lord. There's some other... Um, I feel like I'm going to come back next week. I'm, I mean, I'm not like... I'm not like saying, hey, you have no choice, but I'm in, I'm in town. I'm in town and I'm standing here and there's different people here so I just think I'll be back next week. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's another word here about, in the body of Christ, about sin being exposed. And I don't like to get off on this, but I just want to say something. I've been involved in a situation that's happening where one of the largest ministries in the world is being taken out right now. Because the, the leader and the founder had sin in his life for decades. And, and the ripple effects across the body of Christ are just terrible. But listen, that is a legitimate thing that God does. We can't have the glory without the judgment. I mean the righteous judgment of God, right? He said judgment is first going to start in my house. And if we want the pure and we want the real, God is going to expose sin. And you're going to see more of it. I despise the way this is playing out on social media where everyone's emails are being leaked and all these other things. And if you don't know about it, don't worry about it. But you're going to see more of it. And many of the heroes of the body of Christ, their secret sin is going to be exposed. And God is going to allow this because he is coming back for a pure and spotless bride. And that does not mean that we're washed in his blood and we're clean as a position. That is true. I mean, Jesus is literally coming back for a bride that hates sin. Man, life in God would be so easy if we would just love what God loves and hate what God hates. I hate sin with a passion. I mean, I hate my sin with a passion. If I miss it, if I'm short, if I don't extend grace, if, I, if my words are not seasoned with love, I absolutely despise it. It feels the same to me. I've never committed adultery, and I never will. I don't watch pornography, and I never will. But that's what it feels like to me to miss it. We have to love God so much that anything that isn't like his heart hurts us and wounds us. And we don't defend ourselves, but we say, Father, purify me. Easy for me to pray for my wife. Easy for me to pray for my three adult kids. Much more humbling to get low and to say, Lord, me, me. If she never gets right, I want to get right. Just kidding. Just kidding. You're right, baby. You're right. Hallelujah. See, all these things matter. And again, if you came to like take notes and, you know, point one, point two, pfft, never been in one of my meetings before. The Lord told me at 19 years of age, fling the seed of the word of God and it'll spring forth life. That's what I do. I fling seed for two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours. We won't go that long, I promise. My job is just to fling seed. Hey, I promise you, I promise you this. You'll go home tonight and you'll say, what did Russell preach on? 
I'm not sure, but there'll be something that lodged in your spirit. That's for you. Praise the Lord. That's for you. What do you do? I mean, what do you do in a Holy Ghost atmosphere? You wait till something bears witness in your spirit and you grab a hold of it. Listen, everything's not for you, but some things are. Even now, there will be something said by the Spirit of God that resonates with you. You can run on it for a week. You can run on it for a month. If I'm really doing my job, you'll run on it for another year or two. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. I don't do introductions and all that, but I promise I'm just about introduced. Okay. When I was uh, sitting this morning, I asked the Lord, you know, what would you have me share at Grace and Truth? I mean, I'll, I'll preach on anything. I mean, when open my Bible, we can just grab a text and go. The Lord said, tell them what I told you. Tell them what I told you. And so I've, I've never done this before. I jotted down a handful of things that on my last 40-day fast, intimate, deep things that the Lord shared with me. These are keys for me, and they are keys for you in the body of Christ. If you are seeking to go higher than you've ever been in God, you and I can be friends. We can flow in the same lane, and this will all apply to you. If you're just here on Sunday morning, and you're probably not, but if you're just here to like check off a box, you're going to be bored out of your mind. You just go ahead and beat the Baptist to the buffet. It's no problem. But God has something for you. I promise you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I told you this year was going to be personal. Personal. This is a year to get low and to let God work some things out. Things, listen to the Spirit of God. Things that have hindered you for years will disappear in days. I hear that in my left ear. Things that have hindered you for years will disappear in days by the word of the Lord. You can grab a hold of that and fear and angst and being wound up is a tendency of your personality can leave you in days though it's been present for years. I know what I'm talking about. I'm like a Holy Ghost hound dog. I know when I say something by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say it one more time. You can have a nature that you think is wound up with angst, under pressure, just wound up, and that's just the way that you are. You can live free in days by the word of the Lord. I see in the spirit like a pressure valve. You ever those old-fashioned pressure cookers where you would tap the little thing and it would let the pressure out? And you tap, tap, tap. Don't do it too much. Tap, tap, tap. Let the pressure out. I see people partnering with God that are here right now. And they'd be like, just pressure off. Angst, anxiety, worry, concern has no place in the life of a child of God. You say, Russell, that's not reasonable in 2024. You can't live that way. Yes, you can. God has the audacity to say, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. You, listen, this isn't something you do by an act of your will. That's religion. Oh, I've got to focus on God. I've got to focus on God. No, don't worry. Focus on God. Redirect. Don't, don't focus. No, no, no. 
Lord, you said that I could live without worry, angst, concern, anxiety. I just receive that now as my covenant right. I refuse to worry. It irritates my friends. I, I, I trust God. Because I know if I can't add one hair to my head, and believe me, I've tried. If I can't add one hair to my head, why would I keep trying to worry about things? I remember in, in, in the one year of Bible college that I did do before God supernaturally brought me out. <clears throat> they said that Harvard did a study that literally 99.9996% of the things that you worry about ever manifest, ever happen. So if you didn't want to trust the word of God, you could just rely on statistics and just let it all just fall off and you would be okay. But I'm telling you that peace is a fruit of the Spirit that is resident on the inside of you as a child of God. And you can draw on that anytime you want, baby, to soar above angst, worry, and concern. Angst, worry, and concern breed fear, and fear will kill your faith. And without faith, nothing happens. Now, I'm in a grace church. i got to be careful. I'll step on some toes. But I'm just telling you, without faith, nothing happens. And everybody thinks they got it all figured out, but we don't. Because if I, if I told you, explain to me what faith is, you couldn't do it. Jesse Duplantis challenged me with that. He's right. Try to, try to give me in 15 words what faith is. Confidence in God, but that only covers like a little bit of it. I just know this. If God said it, I believe it. And anything in me that doesn't, I'm going to let the Lord rip out of me. I'm going to stay in the presence of God. This is a good way to pray. Kenneth Copeland said this. I know people don't like him. He's an awesome man of God. I mean, he's an amazing man of God. I mean, he put $63 million in, into Reinhard Bonnke's ministry and funded the transformation of Africa, and nobody even knew about it. And that's just one of the things a guy has done. Screw Inside Edition and all those other people that try to make him look like a creepy televangelist. One of the greatest men of God that ever walked the face of the earth. I know personally he's given away 17 planes. I know ministries that he's given away his plane to. Amazing man of God. He said this. He said, you want to know why things just seem to work for me? He said, I pray this prayer every morning of my life. Lord, if there's anything inside of me that keeps me from believing you fully, rip it out of me now. Listen, you got to get low. You can't think you're all that in a bag of chips. You can't think you've got your act together. Listen, I do not have my act together. I must have Jesus. I must have the Holy Ghost active in my life. I told the Lord, if you ever lifted your hand off of me, I would be done. Nothing. God, if you don't anoint me, I'll stand in front of people. What am I going to say? I can't stand church. I hate bored Christians. I don't want to be anywhere near them. If you're not with me, what am I going to do? That's the way our lives are. Lord, if you backed off for even half a second, we're done. I'm talking about living so close to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Every now and then, I have this secret thing, like it's my thing with God. Other people have it too, but sometimes I'll say something and he'll just say, that was good, son. It's like, yeah. It's just, it's the pleasure of the Lord, right? In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's not in heaven, that's here on the earth. I got in trouble once in in church preaching. I said, I'm like a heroin addict because the presence of God floods my whole being. I've never smoked marijuana. I've never done drugs. I think I've had alcohol like three times in my life. I mean, I'm just, that's not my thing, right? I mean, there's redemption. It's just not my thing at all. And if you're into all that stuff, you shouldn't be if you're a Christian, period. But why would you go to that stuff when the presence of God is so refreshing. I'll lay in my bed sometimes and say, Lord, it's, it's been a challenging day. I need you. And I, I, I promise you, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Every cell in my body will just get flooded with the presence of God. It's better than heroin. I had a kidney stone once, uh, 20, how old's Madison? 18. So I had a kidney stone like 18 years ago, and they gave me this drug in, in the hospital. It was the closest thing to the anointing. From the north to south, the east and the west, it all comes over you and everything just kind of... Well, that's what the anointing feels like. And the anointing has no, like, doesn't make you angry afterwards or hungry or whatever all the side effects are of all that stuff, you know. Oh, it just happened to me. I was just, I was just talking about Jesus and I felt the pleasure of the Lord and, man, I live for this. Praise the Lord. Getting low. This will be a personal year. Hallelujah. The Lord gave me this word and he, he said, tell them what I told you. So I'm going to just start telling until I don't. The Lord said that there are those here that it's time to take your place and that you've lived on too little for too long. Take your place and you've lived on too little for too long. Well, what does that mean? It means you've lived on too little for too long and there's another place in God for you to live. And I'm not just talking about money. But I'm not not talking about money. There is a place where you live, where you give so much that when you get your giving statement at the end of the year, it's just like shock and awe. Belinda and I, we made a covenant with God years ago that every year we would increase how much we give into the kingdom of God. And by God's grace, we've been able to do that every single year by a percentage. And I've been graced in my life. The Lord has poured millions and millions of dollars through our hands. But I've also had years. I mean, I started the ministry. I made $500 a month. I've been broke and I've been wealthy by anybody's definition. I know it all, but by percentage, to take what's in my hand and to give more and more of that into the kingdom of God. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, There is one who scatters abroad, but yet he increases all the more. Oh, man. That's what you really want. You know, Jesus had the audacity to say that it is more blessed to give than to receive. I never talked to God about receiving. I never talked to God about bringing me stuff. Because stuff just follows if you give. My focus is, Lord, I want to give more. Now, I wasn't going to say anything about this, but I'll tell you this. For the first time in, in, I don't know, ever, I guess, the Lord had me take 90 days off from preaching. Like, nothing. 
Because I was praying and I said to the Lord in my prayer room in Tampa, Lord, you poured millions of dollars through our hands and we sold that company and all those things. I don't ever want to go back to that. Jesus, don't ever be mad at me and make me go back and have a big company and 100 employees and all that. But I said, Lord, I want to put a million dollars a year into the gospel this year. I just prayed that out of my heart. And then I started seeing things all the time, over and over. You know how you've never seen something, but then everywhere you drive, you start seeing it. Everything, you start hearing it. And I started hearing about this technology. And everywhere I looked, I would, I would hear about it. So I told Belinda, I said, look, I'm going to just take a few days and I'm going to pray. And I think God has something for us in this realm. And so long story short is I started a company. Um, I've got two people working for me overseas, and we're building out this technology that doesn't exist anywhere in the world. And I'm doing it while I'm still running the ministry. In fact, I just finished my, I mean, talk about not the smartest guy. Try to do a 40-day fast and pioneer new company with technology that doesn't exist and with people on a 13-hour time difference with all the developers, no fun. I did not plan this very well at all. I said, Lord, this is hard. He said, you didn't ask me how to execute it. I just, I had the idea. The Lord was blessing it, so I just started doing it. But the Lord will put things in your hand if you have a desire, right? I said to the Lord, out of my spirit, Lord, I want to put a million dollars into world missions this year. Well, I've had people give me very, very, very large checks before, and it could, have, it could have come that way. It could have come to the P.O. box. It could have come through the ministry website. But no, the Lord said, here's a technology. Here's something for you. And by the way, son, what about a million a month? That's what God said. What about a million a month? So I'll keep you posted on it in the days, weeks, months, years to come. We'll see what the Lord does with it. But I tell you that because... There is something available from God that is so far above where you've been operating. And I don't say that like condescending to you at all. But when you look at what's in your hand and you know what's in your heart to do for others, for the world, for the gospel, how does it come? It comes by the word of the Lord. It comes through what, what Proverbs calls witty inventions. It comes by his favor. I mean, you won't find anybody on planet Earth believes in prosperity more than me. I have lived it. I started the ministry making $500 a month. And then I used to make $300,000 a month. I mean, I, I, I know these things. I have lived these things by the hand of God. But there are people in this building that you've lived on too little for too long. And there are witty inventions and ideas from God that are so much bigger than you are, but they come by the Spirit of God. And you can have them. Now, how do you know if that's for you? If something on the inside of you says, I want that. I want that. And that phrase that God gave me, too little for too long. If you go, yep, that's me. You just say, God, I'm open. I'm here. I'll get low. I'll humble myself. I'm willing to do something that I never thought I would be doing. I never in a bazillion years dreamed that I would be taking on Amazon and these other large e-commerce. I never dreamed about it. 
Don't even want to do it if I can be so honest with you. But it's the answer of the Lord. Now, what's important to you? Right here on this Sunday morning, what's in your heart to do for Jesus? To do for your family? That desire was put there by God. And by His Spirit, the answer comes. Close your eyes for a moment. By His Spirit, the answer does come. By His Spirit, the answer does come. You can have it. You can have it. In Jesus' name, you can have it. Hallelujah. In this atmosphere right now, the thing that you've been... Santi kerete mambaso. I see answers coming to people right now. Right now. If you said that an angel of the Lord would come and bring an answer, you wouldn't be wrong. Right now, the answer doth come. The thing that you've been crying out for, the answer comes. It's in your spirit now. Deposited now. And then you just, you write down what you see. And then you position your feet and you start walking that direction. My brother here with the jacket and the blue shirt, the answer comes. I have no idea what in the world you're praying about. I have no idea. But if I'm a man of God, something just fell and landed in your spirit from God. There's an answer for your, whatever it is, there's an answer for you. You can have it. And I was actually speaking to you that what you see in your spirit, you point your feet and you start walking that direction and it will be so. That's the promise of the Lord. It will be so. Point your feet and start walking that direction and it will be so. Hallelujah. My brother here, you've given yourself to the word of God. You have. And I know in the natural, you've told me that you've even pursued Bible training. That, that I remember that. But as I stand in front of you, this is what the Spirit of God says. I'm going to take you on a journey, and I'm going to transform you into a man of the Spirit. You have a deep love and a deep regard for the Word. But even now, the gifts of the Spirit are coming active in your life, and your tongue will be loosed with the prophetic and, and the discerning of spirits. And you're going to see how they flow together. I'm telling you this because I'm, I'm seeing you in a vision. Moving in discernment. Moving in the word of knowledge. And moving in prophetic words. By the Spirit. And I see you doing it in a very safe place. Hallelujah. The Lord's going to answer the cry of your heart. You're going to have it all. Praise the Lord. A man of the word and a man of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Jesus is so wonderful. Praise the Lord. Let's just hang out in the presence of God here for a second. Jesus, anything that you want to say, anything that you want to do, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My brother right here with the cowboy hat. By the word of the Lord, this will be your year moving on up. 
You won't recognize yourself come the last day of December of this year. You are moving on up. And I will tell you that there's a supernatural sign coming to your life. That you're going to have an encounter with God in your home. And your body's going to reverberate under the presence of God. And you're going to run on that for like the next decade of your life. This will be very soon. Very soon in your home is an encounter with God. And it's going to shake and reverberate like an earthquake and touch your family. And the Lord said, I've heard the cry of your heart and that they're going to be touched by my power. I see you crying out to the Lord that your family would be touched by his power. He's going to use you. You won't take them to a meeting. He's going to use you because you asked. Because you asked. I can see your bedroom. I can see your bedroom. And I can see you shaking under the power of God. Look me in the eyes. Stay in the presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. Pastor Will, there's a counterattack that comes when people, they start making very, very fast progress in the spirit. Stay in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you for doing that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is your year. This is your year. Moving on up, my brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he's so wonderful. If we only had someone on keys right now. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Praise the Lord. We'll be in a church with blue chairs, with a tall stage, and there will be a young man on keys. You will see. Praise the Lord. I was taken in the spirit, and I was shown... A large dually truck. Like one of those $150,000 trucks. Big like platinum package and the big chrome front and the big double tires in the back. And I'm not a truck guy at all, but I know it's called a dually. And I was telling Belinda about that. And I said, every time I'm praying for Will Brocker, I see this amazingly powerful dually truck. And the Lord said, that's you. And I was driving down the road from Tampa, and I was mentioning this to Belinda, and she said, well, look, look at that dually right there. And there was a dually carrying, like a transport cargo thing, and he was hauling five more cars behind him. Very, very powerful. And the Lord said, that's you, that there's a lot more under the hood than is readily apparent right now. And we are friends and I, I know your life, and I know some things that are important to you, and none of those are present as I'm ministering to you right now. None of that is factored into what I'm saying to you right now. I'm telling you like teletype from heaven that you have not believed the Lord in vain. And that I see your, listen to this, see your hand. I see your face on screens all over India. I see your face on screens all throughout Southeast Asia. And I see it this year in 2024. I see your smiling face, man of God, all over the world. But I see tan skin. I see Indians watching you, gathering together in their homes to watch you this year. There's a bridge to the thing that you've asked God for. Oh, there's a bridge. And God's going to expand your ministry. And it looks small to the outside, but God doesn't consider it small. And there's going to be a massive expansion, and it starts this year. And the Lord said that I, 
am going to help you with it, and I'm going to pay for it. And I'm glad to do both of those things as I stand in front of you right now. Praise the Lord. You're going to have the thing that you've asked the Lord for in the city of Houston. Praise the Lord. You are my faithful friend. Now, this is natural. This is just me. You are my faithful friend. You inspire me. You did up every single Sunday, and you keep faithfully delivering the Word of God. But I see the, I see the reward of heaven coming. And not one single word that he spoke into you will fall to the ground and die. And this is, this is a year of promotion for you. You will see it. And I see like a mileage counter and I see views just spinning faster and faster, growing in digits. And it's going to be in a way that you did not see coming. You shall see it with your eyes. And I get to pay for it. So praise the Lord. That's all right. I'm glad to do it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to minister a little bit about America. Hallelujah. Got to go? All right. All y'all chill out just for a second. Okay. Was taken in the spirit and I saw your life. And I saw, and I don't know much about you at all. I'm not friends with you like I am Will. But I saw much pain. And I saw much overcoming and I saw inside of you a backbone of absolute steel. And that the Lord says he knows that he can count on you. And that he is moving pieces around like a chessboard. And he's about to take a bunch of things off of you. Things that have weighed down on you. Pressure. Like when I was talking about a pressure cooker and you're trying to release the pressure. I saw not a thing that you do in the natural. I saw the Lord taking things off of you that hinder you from being everything in him that you've cried out for. Even as a youngster, things that you told the Lord you would do, things that you desired, they're still speaking to God even now, and he's bringing them to pass. You're going to end 2024 in a far different and a far better place than you are right now. The Lord says, and very clearly, you don't have to do a thing. I'm doing this. I, the Lord, will do this thing for you taking pressure off of you. Hallelujah. That's your promise from God. Amen. And I stood in front of that. I uh, drove up and, you know, of all the places I could go in all of uh, Cypress, Texas, I end up in a restaurant where you are <laughs> and where your kids are. And I just want you to know, every one of your kids will serve God. This is the promise of the Lord to you, mama. Every one of your kids will serve the Lord. And I saw the hand of the Lord on the daughter I saw the hand of the Lord on the daughter. She'll come first. And then I saw two boys that were there. They, all of them will come. Your covenant with God still echoes to him. And he's bringing it to pass. Oh, yeah. The grandchildren, too. I promise you. The entire bloodline will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, as a parent and a grandparent, nothing matters more than that. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. If you have kids or grandkids that are away from the Lord, just raise your hand to heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, by the power of God, I call them home now in Jesus' name. Lord, put your hand in their mouth and bring them back now in Jesus' name. And I feel like I've said this in this building before. 
But in my left ear, I hear a phone ringing. You're going to get a phone call from that backslid kid and said, I, I want to come home. I need prayer. It will happen. Nothing matters more to God than the cry of your heart. And I feel you in this room, the cry for your children. God will do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I went to school with you. Are you Lori? I would recognize you anywhere. I've not seen you in 40 years, 35 years, something. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure that that was you, but you look like you haven't aged at all. You look the same. Every time I'm, I'm preaching and I'm looking over here, I just want you to know this is not a profound word from God, but it matters so much to him. There is a sincerity of your faith and of your love for God that is a very, very precious to the Lord. And there, he loves all his children the same. But there are people that the sound of their voice gets his attention and the way they minister to him blesses his heart. And you have that. And, and my highest desire is I want, I literally am preaching and I'm seeing that over your life. And Lord, please, please, I want to make sure I'm always like that. The sincerity of your heart for God is awesome. And it's just encourage you. Keep it up. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, you're wonderful. I'm going to close out the service. I want to talk about America. I want to talk about America. Can you guys, can you guys put on your, 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 your big boy and big girl underwear and hear some things about America? Praise the Lord. I, I ministered along the lines of one of the most powerful encounters I've ever had with God. <clears throat> Tavana, I love you. Take off. Have a great day. One of the most powerful encounters I've ever had with God, I ministered on, I believe, last year when I was here, about the two Americas. I was in Clearwater, Florida, and they had just opened the JW Marriott Resort, and a friend of mine had taken my family down there, and I'd gotten up to pray, and I heard the audible voice of God at 6 o'clock in the morning in this super fancy lounge um, there, and I heard, there will be two Americas. I heard the audible voice of God. And I wrote it down, as I always do. And then I'm sitting there, and I order my coffee, and they bring me my coffee. And then I hear a woman's voice and say, there are two Americas. And then I heard it again, there are two Americas. And I looked up, and they had installed a video wall in this resort, and they were playing an MSNBC special report. And it was, you know, 20 feet high and 60 feet wide. And it literally said two Americas, and it was just frozen right there. And I was like, well, Lord, I've been, I've been around enough. This is a supernatural sign. What do you have to say about two Americas? Now, backing up, in 2019, I had an encounter with God, and I was taken into the office of Ron DeSantis. And I was prophesying to Ron DeSantis, who was the governor of Florida, telling him that abortion would be overturned in the next 18 months in America, and that it would return to the states. And I told him in this encounter, I'm prophesying to Ron DeSantis, there's going to split into two Americas. So now I'm back in Clearwater. I'm having this encounter with God. And now I'm actually shown the two Americas. And I, I saw America split right in two. 
And if I told you that they were red and I told you they were blue, that would not be true. There were righteousness and unrighteousness. And there is a half of America that will love God and love his ways. And as much as they love God, there are people that hate God and hate his ways. And it will be like living in two separate countries. And there's a great fracture coming in America. Now, as the child of God, we don't care. We're actually called to minister to the side that doesn't love God, to the side that is lost. But God said, this is the word of the Lord about two Americas last year. I'm still recapping that it will be like Malachi 3, that you will once again see the difference between those that serve me and those that don't. It will be an absolute like hell hole in states that have rejected God and rejected his ways. But there will be untold prosperity in the countries that do love God and do love his ways. Now, all of that sounds so right. If you pay attention to like the political sphere and all those things, let me just say, I am prohibited by God from watching the news. I do not own cable. I do not own satellite. I do not watch podcasts. I'm not allowed to. It creates too much noise. I've got to deliver the word of the Lord. But I know when I talk to people about the two Americas, they'll start talking about California or, you know, Washington state, or I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about righteousness and unrighteousness that gets down in the ground and poisons even the ground of certain states where things will stop growing and there will be drought and there will be like famine, but it's a spiritual root of people that have rejected God. And it's going to get really, really nasty in America, but it's based on the lines of not conservative and liberal. God doesn't care. That's two heads of the same snake. God cares about righteousness, those that have been washed and redeemed by his blood and those that haven't. And when you make laws and you build your economy on things that are against God's and his ways, it poisons the ground. I'm trying to explain to you what I've seen. Have you ever seen a lawn where their sprinklers weren't working in Texas and it's brown and trusty? And then you go to the guy that his sprinkler is working and it's green and beautiful and he's got ironite and it's awesome like a golf course. That's the kind of contrast that's coming to America. It's going to look and feel like hell in certain regions. It's going to be so lawless. It will make no sense whatsoever. But listen, where there's great darkness, the light shines the brightest. God is going to be calling people out of their place of comfort and sending them into these regions. There might even be some here. He's going to send you into these regions to be light. People that you would think have heard the gospel, they haven't. Quick story. My son, Russell, uh, Russell Jr., he's 18 years old. He's in Bible school. He called me two days ago, and I thought you'd like this. He said, Dad, I just led my 133rd person to Jesus this year. And so he's going to beat his sister. You know, they have a little competition. He's going to beat his sister. But here's, here's cool, right? So he's ministering. They, they go out and they just, they, they like, you would call it in the old days like witnessing, right? But you do it like in the power of the Holy Ghost. But you're definitely going with the agenda. I'm going to tell people about Jesus today. So he goes to a strip center and he's walking across a parking lot. and He's a little nervous. And a man is just highlighted to him. And he's like, Dad, I just had to go talk to this man. And the man was walking up to the front door of Wingstop which happens to be my son's favorite place on planet Earth, Wingstop. 
Go figure. His mom and dad are foodies, but he loves Wingstop. But that, that's okay. That's okay. Um, it's the general manager of Wingstop. And my son walks up and goes, excuse me, sir. Don't want to bother you, but I just wanted to ask you a question. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? And the man was arrested in his steps, and he said, no. No. This is in Tampa, Florida. You think everybody knows the gospel, right? I mean, our money says in God we trust. Here is a man, successful, general manager of Wingstop. No one's ever told me that God loves me and has a wonderful plan for my life. So my son gives him the gospel, leads him to the Lord. And the guy is so grateful, he gives my son free wings for life. I said, I said Dad, you can't beat this deal, you know. <laughs> my point is, God is going to send people into the other side, into the unrighteous side of America. And it won't be split right down the middle, but I mean, it is such a contrast. And you're going to see... I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, you're going to see like famine and drought in this word called blight. Any farmers? There's a word called blight. It has to do with the soil. You're going to hear about this, and it's going to be in places that have rejected the gospel. I mean, they've actually codified in their laws things that God forbids in his word. Do you know what I'm saying? I know that you think I'm talking political. I'm not. Okay? But that's what's coming in America and it's only going to get worse. I have prophesied in the future about political events uh, and world events and things like that. Um, I got in a lot of trouble over the 2020 election with Donald Trump because every well-known, big-name prophet said Donald Trump was going to win the election. And Belinda will tell you, I told her almost daily, Belinda, I've got something in my spirit. They are wrong. I mean, I, I, who am I to say, and I would name some people that we greatly admire and respect, I would say, I know he's saying, I'm telling you, I feel it so deep. I was physically ill over all that. But I got really involved in the 2020 election prophesying about it. And I've told God, I don't want to do that in 2024. I mean, I will. I'll do anything for you, Jesus. But I really don't want to be involved in this. I, 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 I mean, I saw it divide families and churches and, you know, orange man bad and all that other stuff, you know, people say. But I'll tell you what I saw. I'm going to just tell you what I saw. Okay, I was taken in the spirit and I saw the New York um, Marathon. Like, is it the Boston Marathon or New York Marathon? Are there, are there two marathons? Is there one in New York and one in Boston? Anyway, in the Northeast, in a bunch of skyscrapers, a yellow finish line at the end of a long marathon. And I saw Joe Biden running towards the finish line and I saw him fade into oblivion, unable to finish. And that was the absolute takeaway, is he was unable to finish. Then I saw President Trump's face, Donald J. Trump. I saw him smiling very big, and he had trounced his enemies in defeat. At no point am I saying that he is going to win the 2024 election. But I'm not, not saying he's going to win the 2024 election. A lot of prophets want to hedge. If I had a clear word, I would tell you. And I would have no problem being wrong. But I'm never wrong because I'm not hedging anything. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm telling you what I saw. I saw Joe Biden fade and unable to finish. And I saw Donald Trump smiling and he had trounced his enemies. 
like he had had many, many traps set for him and he had dodged all of them and was just smiling triumphantly. I personally, and who cares what my personal opinion is, but I just want to say clearly, I'm not a fan of Trump. I acknowledge the hand of God was on him. I was there in 2007 in the Tim Clement meeting when he prophesied that he would become president. I prophesied in 2006 that Donald Trump would become president in my church in Fort Worth out of the blue. I mean, I, I know about some of these things, but I'm not talking about that. I'm just telling you what I saw for America. I saw our foreign policy becoming a real problem, a real, real mess. I mean a real mess. I saw the rise of Russia to become a problem for America. And I know that people think that the Soviet Union has fallen and that that stuff is back from the 80s, but I clearly saw the man that takes over for Vladimir Putin with, I mean, with a dead set agenda against the Western world and to become a problem for America. And I am going to tell him. Hand me my phone. I was restrained from sharing this the last time I was here. In the midst of war in America, my people will shine as beacons of hope. I see the tan boot of a foreign occupying army standing on American soil, almost as if they were invited. Through the fog, I can see Asian faces. I hear faintly through much noise that the Spirit of God is preparing His bride ahead of time. It's very, very faint. Oh God, why so soft? People are so distracted and not paying attention to what's happening under their very noses. It will look like chaos and disaster in America for a season, but it will be the church's finest hours. Overflowing buildings and gatherings, thousands flocking outside in parking lots, and the grounds around churches all across the land looking for hope and comfort and direction. I was taken to a church in Tennessee that doesn't seat more than 100 people in its sanctuary and there were 10,000 people on its grounds. On the heels of this, this is 2024 and beyond. Did I say that? 2024 and beyond is what I'm talking about. On the heels of this, a great reset and restoration. Not like the great reset that the globalist and the world powers plot and scheme, but the purpose of God made manifest. A reset in America that will reverberate around the world and unite the two Americas. A quick and definite recalibrating of values around the world. The kings of the earth will look at America and say, What were we thinking? A major reset comes on the heels of war to the values of America and the world. I strongly see that many people see this as a definitive march to the end of the age, but we will see the intervention of God. You say, why do you share that? Because is there any word of the Lord? There is. We live in the most prosperous nation on earth, in the most prosperous time on earth. But it's not always going to be this way. And it's very easy to be a Christian right now, right? The economy, I mean, for some, is really, really tough. I know people are hurting and stuff. But, I mean, things are so amazing compared to what's going to happen. 
I clearly saw on this last 40-day fast that they're going to try the COVID thing again. And I know people get upset about this. I saw this in, in a calendar that turned very soon. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I would say within two years. But I saw a calendar turn very soon. They're going to try COVID again, but another lockdown, more fear. But this time it will be met with much resistance. They, they had a full run last time, right? I don't know if you realize that the greatest wealth transfer in the history of the world just happened around the world through all of the COVID lockdowns. And it's go, they're going to try that again. But So why do, why do you share these things? This is not full of hope because God wants you to have open eyes. He wants you to see with spiritual eyes what's happening in the earth. When God looks down at the world, he doesn't see the boundaries of nations like we do. He sees the demonic powers that rule over regions. They want war. Do you understand? They want calamity. Our job is to be children of light in the midst of all of that. Praise the Lord. And we're going to do that. We are going to do that. So I love to prophesy about the amazing thing that God's going to do. But somebody somewhere has to hear the word of the Lord and prepare God's people for what's coming. COVID caught a lot of people by surprise. This guy right here, I never foresaw the depth of what was happening with COVID. I didn't even believe it. it like, I didn't believe my, my own personal theology that the church of Jesus Christ would cower and close all their buildings and allow people to take their businesses. I never would have thought that was possible. But we saw what's possible. Yeah. Friends, they're going to try it again. So what's our response? We don't like gun, we don't like arm up, and we don't do those things, right? We're not, we're not fighting flesh and blood. But we hear from God what our response is going to be. Our ministry will never close. Ever. Ever. Never. If you want to know one place on earth, you will always be able to come and hear the gospel. Come to one of my meetings. I don't care what the public health orders are. And I've been emboldened by my pastor in Tampa. He was the first pastor in 150 years arrested for keeping his church open. These things matter to God. By the way, because that is my pastor, it was like, a, it was like the heavens opened over his ministry. And everything added a zero to it. The people, the money, everything. I mean, what, what the devil meant to shame him and to be a disgrace, his mugshot went all over the world. He's doing more for Jesus than he's ever done before. He just finished 96 nations, a 96 nations and 250 city tour, just taking the power of God. Awesome. Somebody just gave him a $23 million jet because he's traveling somewhere a different night of the week. Man, it is so much fun serving Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Okay. My job is to get up here and to cast seed. Have you received something in your spirit today? That's what we're supposed to do. Receive something in our spirit. All right. I have this instruction from God. I'm going to go ahead and close the service. Well, I'm going to turn it back to you, Pastor Will, for anything you need to do. Is there anything you need to do? Okay. No worries. I have the gift of faith on my life. And I have an instruction from God. When I go to a church, I open up the altars and I ask God... Let me release my faith for you, for your greatest need. Listen, we can keep hitting little things all day long. 
And I mean, praise God for small victories. But what is your greatest need that will make the greatest difference in your life? I want the privilege of releasing my faith for that. And we see amazing things. We get reports all the time. Jesus is amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the service. But I want to ask you, if you have something that you need from heaven, especially if it's in the realm of healing, that's where I flow the strongest. But provision, look, man, I pray for people and they give money. They get jobs. I just, I want the privilege of releasing my faith with you. And then I'll be back here next week. Amen. Sound like a plan? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> you want me, anything else you want me to do? No. Okay. Praise God. All right. Well, praise the Lord. The, uh, the Bible says, give honor where honor is due. And so just take, uh, take a few seconds to, uh, to uh, give a warm welcome to the man of God and his wife and thank them for coming. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Good job, my right here. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you received something today? Huh? All right. Praise God. Well, you have to have, uh, you have to have a, a very closed uh, heart and mind not to have received today. So we're just thankful always uh, for my friend and uh, fellow uh, soldier in the army of God to uh, to come here and uh, bless us. He'll be back next week. That's good. I, I was I, I had I had that in my heart, but uh, he hadn't said anything about it. And I know he's got some other things going on, some things to do. So that was good. He just he, I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> so there we go. And uh, so I hope to see you all back uh, next week. And uh, there's a bunch of folks missing. And uh, I know they'll be here, and uh, so bring five people with you, okay. and uh, and uh, we'll see what else the Lord has in store. Anyone that needs prayer, just just line up and let's uh, let her rip. Sure, let's, you uh, bet. Russell's uh, Russell's here, and trust me, we this is a miracle um, and signs and wonders uh, ministry. Russell's ministry is, and we're, we're connected, so, but, but Grace and Truth Church was always uh, our, our the, the church there, and get one if you don't have one, it says help on the back, heal, empower, love, and prosper. That's the word that the Lord gave Tavon and I when I started the church, uh, to heal everyone uh, everywhere they hurt, to empower them by the promises of God, to let them have a revelation of the love of God for them and to, for them to be prospered in every way as God intended through all of the promises and all the grace provided through the atonement. So once we receive that help, you become a disciple and you go out and you help others with the same help you've received. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's the whole, you know, it's that simple. We don't Amen. have to plan and, and worry about a bunch of things like that. We're just here to help the body of Christ and uh, to raise up disciples, amen? amen? And meanwhile, we're going to be blessed, and we're going to prosper, and we're going to walk in health and wholeness and signs and wonders, and all the gifts of the Spirit are going to be flowing. See, the Lord showed me this 16 years ago when I uh, adamantly said no, uh, thank you, sir, about being a minister. But uh, he showed me that he, he does need and use people like me, and that the body of Christ is not what we think. The ministers are usually not 
what we think. Not here to attack them, but we're just here to fill a need because um, the end times bride, and you can see just based on the two Americas alone, and every, you can see that for yourselves. Yeah. But just based on that alone, the end times bride, see the world needs us very badly, you know, uh, as darkness uh, gets darker and darker and, and, and tries to take on, they need the light and you're the only light in the world. And so the end times bride, the Lord showed me is gonna be a, a walking in, in love and victory and adorned with all the gifts of the spirit. And that's not very commonplace in the churches of America. So that's why you're important, because sitting here on Sunday morning in a little, uh, the little hall of the VFW, um, and, and you're receiving all of this word well, you know? You're hungry for the word, and that, that God is, 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 is searching to and fro, looking for someone that, that, that he can prosper, someone that he can bless, someone that's looking for him, in other words. And uh, I think he's got a room full of them here, and this is wonderful. Amen. I, uh, you know, Russell and I both have uh, been in all sorts of dis different situations, circumstances, opportunities, and nothing has compelled us to be anywhere, stay anywhere, no matter how high we've climbed or how, how low, according to the world's standards, a uh, thing is, it's always been what God's wanted. So I think... For that reason, he will use uh, people like us. Amen? Sure, Amen. sure. So God Amen. bless you all. We love you. And yep. Love you guys. All right. Have a wonderful year.